Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Chris Beal. Chris, are you ready to do this? George, never more ready than now. I love it. Let's let's do this. Chris is the CEO of Connect and Sell. They are a technology getting salespeople 10 times more live conversations with qualified prospects every day. I'm excited to have you on. Chris, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. Personal life. Well, you know, I've been doing this stuff a long time, so I guess my personal life includes being old, which is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful thing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a desert rat who grew up all alone out in the desert with books and animals. Uh, books taught me that people have other kinds of voices that you, you just don't get around, around town. And the animals taught me how to sell without being able to talk because they don't really listen to you that carefully in terms of the words, but they will listen to your tone and how you relate to them. So uh, that's how I grew up, physics, math kind of kind of guy. Used to take those math contests, national ones and stuff like that, and fell in the world of software because um, that's where the money is. I think Willie Sutton said that about banks, right? Why mm. do you rob banks? That's where the money is. So wanted to make a living for my, uh, my young family and switch from physics to software, and uh, the rest is one startup after another. First startup in 1983, and been doing them ever since. Nice. I appreciate that. Why do bank robbers rob banks? Because that's where the money is. That is one of my favorites. I've not heard it in, in, in a little while. It, it is. The, it's the truth. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Everybody has something they're naturally good at. It turned out software was it for me. But then I got really, really tired of people not selling my stuff, even when it wasn't my stuff. At NCR, I remember sitting there demoing a system and I got done with the demo. I look at the sales guy, and he's like a stone. And I, I'm thinking, no, no, no. I'm a Ford, I'm a fuller brush man, right? I used to sell door to door. I tell you, this is closing time. So I just turned to the prospect, which happened to be NBI, a early word processing company, and uh, asked him for the order. And uh, nine hundred eighty-five thousand dollars later, we were done with that deal. And I'm still thinking at that point, huh? Maybe not all salespeople are created equal. Mm. And ever since then. One of my little things is if I make something, I'm going to sell it in addition to bring other people in to sell it over time. Because until you sell something, I, I take to the Velveteen Rabbit theory of business, which is, you know, the Velveteen Rabbit story. If you've ever had kids, basically, it's this toy rabbit that gets thrown in the ash heap, you know, on the, on the, on the garbage and then kind of comes back as a little reconstituted because somebody loves it right? and then brings it back to life. And uh, products are like that, you know, until somebody loves them, that means they spend money on them. They're not really alive. So making your product live means you got to get out there and sell it. People got to pay for it. And then it comes to life and you got something real. Nice. It sounds so simple when uh, you say it like that, Chris. Why do people complicate it so much or what is so hard about selling normally? I think it's pretty simple. I think the number one challenge of selling is we get into our own heads. We have a very hard time getting into somebody else's emotions. And we think that they're buying because of all the things we say. Hmm. They're, they're mostly not buying because they didn't, they didn't have the ability to get to trust us very early, especially B2B sales. B2B sales and in business, when you're the buyer, you're risking your career. So you're naturally very, very cautious. 
And if you're a B2B salesperson, your biggest obstacle is the fact that you start selling before you get trust. Somebody taught you at one point, you got to get value or give value before you get trust. You have to earn trust. It's just not true. You earn trust by not earning trust. That is all you have to do is show the person, that other person that you see the world through their eyes. And then you have to show them you're competent to solve a problem they have right now, which probably is you. You're more likely to be the problem than their business problem because you probably ambushed them. That's how you have first conversations with people. And, and in B2B, you just have to get over it. You got to get over the fact that A, you're the problem, and B, they're not really buying all those features and all that stuff. They're buying your expertise and your goodwill, the fact that you're on their side, and they'll continue to go along with you as long as they believe you're an expert and they believe you're on their side. So yes, at some point you gotta close, but it's not as, as early or as, as aggressively or as a, in such a tricky fashion as so many sellers try to do. Tips and tricks in sales are worthless, except uh, in some way that they might give you a little confidence so you can be yourself. Lots of good stuff there. So you have to get over the fact that you ambush them. So that means that that I need to get over the fact as the salesperson that I've interrupted this person and sort of inserted myself in their life and their day? Exactly, exactly. It's simple to do. All you have to say is this. George, I know I'm an interruption. I have 27 seconds to tell you why I called. And Chris Voss, the FBI guy, never split the difference. You know that fabulous book. If, if somebody hasn't read that, go get it right now and read it. Read it again and read it one and listen to it after that. So he, he told me at dinner one night, he said, look, as long as you can, you can tell that person or show that person you see the world through their eyes. So think about it. Through their eyes, I'm a bad person. I'm an invisible stranger who just interrupted them. So I got to take accountability for that. I got to show them I see the world your way. I know I'm an interruption. Not I realize that I'm interrupting your day. That's an excuse. I know I'm an interruption. And then you got to ask them whether they want to come along and play with you a little bit. So you switch your voice to playful, curious, and you give them a little moment just to kind of feel that, hey, we're going to do something that's probably a little bit of fun. And I'm going to let you save face and say, yeah, go ahead instead of fighting me right now. And you know what? They'll trust you. They just do. It's involuntary. Nice. Appreciate that. All right. And then it's a matter of demonstrating your expertise or positioning your expertise and demonstrating or showing them that you're on their side. Yeah. I mean, first off, you got to show them that you can solve a problem they have right now and you are the problem. So offer a way <laughs> to solve the problem. You know, they're looking their problem is they're trying to get out of this conversation with their self-image intact. So they don't want to be a jerk. Hmm. And don't make them be a jerk, right? Offer them a way to stay in the conversation, but get out of it a little bit later. And do it in a way that they'll remember. 27 seconds is easy to remember. It's different. 30 seconds probably is a lie. And then, of course, you got to keep your promise. That's your first promise. You made it. You got to keep it. And then you got to get them curious. And actually, it's interesting. In a first conversation, they're not going to accept you as an expert but they can accept that you know something that's worth being curious about. So if you say something along these lines, and this is what we teach our own people to say, we teach other folks to say something similar, I believe we've discovered a breakthrough. If you just say that, there's a lot to be curious about in there. Why did you say I believe? That's a weird thing to say. Who's we? We've discovered who's that? People Magazine's all about we. 
paparazzi all about we. People in the United States, believe it or not, George, you won't believe this, are actually some people actually <laughs> interested in the lives of the British royal family. This seems impossible. Preposterous. I mean, we, we kind of separated from them in, I don't know, 1776, you know. It's a little while ago, and yet still fascination with the lives of the royals. Why? Well, they're people we don't get to know everything about, so we're curious. It's kind of self-fulfilling, right? And so people are curious about people, and they're also curious about discoveries. And they really don't like it when you say something great about yourself. So you have to avoid saying great stuff about yourself because they just push back, called psychological reactance. Remember the, uh, in the third grade, you'd have this discussion out in the playground with, a, with another kid. They'd say, my daddy is smarter than your daddy. And you say, no, he's not. And they say, yes, he is. And then that leads to pushing and shoving. And then finally, you know, a teacher comes and separates you, right? And you all get to stand in the corner or whatever for a while. People do that as adults. If you say I'm great, we serve the top companies in the world providing blah, blah, blah. They're just going to push back on you. They're just going to push back because they're going, I, I don't know if you're so great yet. But if you say you're discovering something, that you discovered something, then you're just saying you're lucky. And people like lucky people. They just do. I used to be a professional blackjack player. And, you know, I wasn't actually lucky, but I sure looked lucky. That big pile of chips. And people like to sidle up next to me and kind of hope the rub, you know, the luck would rub off. So it's kind of so then you can kind of move ahead and say something else about curiosity. I believe we've discovered a breakthrough that completely eliminates and then name three bad things in plain language. One of them got to be economic risk, money, time. One of them probably emotional frustration is the standard in business. And one of them strategic, like where are you trying to go? You're probably blocked, right? So ours is this, at Connect and so we, we teach our reps to say this. I believe we've discovered a breakthrough that completely eliminates the waste and the frustration. It keeps your best sales reps from being effective on the phone or even using the phone at all. That's three things to be curious about. None of them say we're great. We just make some bad things go away, but they're kind of weird. Like, how do you do that? Well, you got to take the meeting. If you want to find out, you got to take the meeting. Talk talk for 27 seconds, or was it 29? 27. 27. <laughs> and that was enough time to get that out. That was nice. 19 right there. That was 19 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. I love it. How, how long has it, did, did, did it take you to uh, refine this process? Well, let's see. Forever. Uh, we're like the slowest guys on earth. It's really sad. <laughs> so we started doing this connect and sell thing, we being not even me, in 2007. Uh, I got picked up as a product guy in 2011. The, break, the first two sentences there were heard on the floor. A guy named Jordan Dufour was using them outperformed everybody all the way through closing and we couldn't figure out why. So finally we figured, oh, there's something going on in those two sentences. We didn't know why until December of 2018 when Chris Voss sent me straight over a couple of bourbons. So that's a long road. That's 2007 to 2018, which is, you know, to me though, 10 years is about as long as it takes to do anything or figure out anything in the world. 
you got to go, you know, work with customers, solve problems, get paid, do stuff. And then about year 10, you start going, I wonder if we've learned something here, you know, that we can actually apply. That speaks to the power of language, doesn't it? Just just the power of, of the right words put together, even though you don't necessarily know why until Mr. Voss told you why. You had 10 years of success just, just using it. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and the power of desperation. There was a guy named Noah Blumenthal. He was. He still is a wonderful guy. And I was trying to help him out with his business. And I, I told him, you got to sell by yourself as a CEO. You can't just hire salespeople and hope for the best. That's a failing strategy. That's not testing whether your product's going to succeed. That's testing whether you can hire salespeople, which we know you can't because you have, never have. <laughs> So, you know, what dumb test, right? So let's test something real, which is whether, whether in this case, chief operating officers and equivalent at Fortune 2000 companies will, will take a meeting with you. So he came up with, as a script writer, a script for himself. And that's where I believe we've discovered a breakthrough came from. So that, that was several years later. So I think in 2016 or 17. And so these pieces come together and come together. You know, our mechanism at Connect and Sell is, is kind of like a nothing, except it's something. All we do is let a rep push a button and talk to somebody on their list in about four minutes. That's it. That's all we do. Think of it as, I don't know, Uber for sales conversation. Instead of having a car come, conversation with somebody you want to talk to comes. That's it. So then the question is, well, what do you do with 10 times more conversations? And the answer is you amplify suck. Right off the bat, however much you suck, you're now going to suck 10 times more. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so you're going to amplify. It's kind of like how, how, how people talk about, you know, if you give somebody a ton of money, it's, it's just going to amplify whoever they currently were or whoever they were before the money. So you give somebody 10 times more sales opportunities or leads or swings, however you want to describe it, it's going to bring out where it is that they suck. And so that's going to help them to refine their process. Yeah, exactly. And that's why finally talk about slow bunnies. We are the slowest of the slow. So we finally realized, you know what? We better offer actual training and cold calling because it's not happening by itself. And you got to have a good first conversation, even if you have a system like ours lets you have second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever conversations over time. But that first one is the one that sets everything up. So how should you hold that first conversation? So we came up with this thing we call flight school. And what flight school is, and again, we didn't want to be in the training business. Manny Medina, the CEO founder over at Outreach, heavily funded, wonderful company out there doing things in the sales tech space. He said to me once over, again, it was a couple of bourbons. People always trying to get me to drink bourbon. I'm a scotch guy myself. Ah. But anyway, he's, he's talking to me. He says, will you just start a, a training company to teach people how to cold call? Because it's holding our business back. He says everybody sucks and they won't even dial. So how are we going to get people to go beyond email, right? So I said, no, 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 we don't want to be a training company. It's not us, right? We're like a tech company with this thing and blah, blah, blah. So finally, we started this thing called Flight School. We're just offering it. In fact, we're launching it this week. And it's four sessions, blitz and coach, carefully coached. And get this, the first two-hour session, the only thing that gets coached is the first seven seconds of the call for two hours. You do the whole conversation, all you know, 35 seconds of it, 
but then you get coached immediately on your first seven seconds. Hey, your voice went up where it should have gone down right here. You said, I know I'm an interruption. Nah, you got to say, I know I'm an interruption. You got to hammer the word no, just like that. Go back, you know, next call, give that a try. So we take them through eight hours of instruction. Students tend to end up in the top 5% of all cold callers in the world in terms of competence and confidence. And they love it. Whoever knew people could love cold calling? Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> so anyway, we finally gave up and we're offering that thing. We offer it cheap. It's like $9,500 for six students for four sessions. It's, it's, uh, but it's necessary because amplifying suck sucks. Amplifying suck does suck. So I appreciate that very much. Nice. So much good stuff to uh, get into, Chris. We're going to have to have you back on. We're going to have to talk more about uh, your 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 career as a professional blackjack player. We're going to have to talk more about more about the, the the sales training, all that good stuff. So, but for the remainder of today, sir, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What what do you have for them? You know, this is a long difference making tip, but it's one that I think everybody should uh, take to heart. A lot of people are looking for where they're going to go, what they're going to do, you know, career-wise. And start with who, and by who, I mean a company you admire. If you're not going to start your own company as the first move in your career, start by picking a company in a space you're interested in, the company you admire the most, and force your way into it. And by force your way in, I mean take any job that will get you into that company. Because there's only two states, you're outside or you're inside. And then once you're inside, here's my piece of sub advice. Never think for one minute about being fired. Never. Just do stuff that makes a difference. I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can people engage with Connect and Sell? Well, Connect and Sell is easy. www.connectandsell.com. My podcast is uh, a curiosity for many people. It's called Market Dominance, guys. I do it with the inestimable Corey Frank and uh, the greatest uh, inside sales leader I've ever met in my life. And so it uh, started as a book, accidentally became a podcast. We apologize for it every day, but there it is <laughs> on episode 68 or whatever. And we explore a conversation first approach to market dominance. And then lastly, I suppose out there on LinkedIn, I'm pretty active. I'm Chris8649 or, you know, just the CEO of Connect and Sell. Uh, you have to connect to me. I'm not allowed to connect to you. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Chris your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to connectandsell.com. Check out how Chris is helping salespeople have 10 times more conversations Check out the Market Dominance Guys podcast. Is that marketdominanceguys.com? It is. Or wherever you listen to podcasts, obviously. And then find Chris on LinkedIn as well and connect with him. Thanks again, Chris. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.